Hey, 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 everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to Emotion Monday. I am so excited for today's episode. Um, we're going to have some special guests today. Usually how we do it is we usually have a blog and we have a, sort of a discussion is to uplift your week and to give you encouragement. So today is a little different. I do have guests and we are dealing with another elephant in the room. Um, well, first, let me get my disclaimer out for my podcast listeners. This does upload to um, various platforms. So welcome, welcome, welcome to my podcast listeners. Thank you for tuning in and pushing play once again. So um, I'm not going to go ahead. I'm not going to prolong the intro any longer because I just want us to get done. And we have so much to cover um, within the hour. First of all, let me get myself in order and put my little uh, ticker right here. So again, welcome, welcome. We got special guests on tonight. And um, and I just wanted to do this, and this has been on my heart for a while. Um, this month is um, HIV AIDS awareness. And trust me, you know, God had been dealing with me about adding um, guests to the show. So, you know, I don't do anything on here without asking God what he wants me to do. And actually, this is one of the interviews, the first interviews that he wanted me to do. But I had to pray because I had to make sure I had the right people um, and made sure that, you know, I wanted to do and say what he wanted me to say. And so he told I wanted to do it in October. But he told me December and I'm like, God, why I got to do it in December? <laughs> and he said, you know, and I looked it up and it so happened to be, you know, HIV AIDS awareness blessing to those that are coming in. Um, it, and, and it so happened to be that month. So we're going to go ahead and get started again. Welcome to Emotion Monday. Emotion is a play on words e is electronic motion is motion you know to bring movement to whatever situation that you are in you may be stuck in a place emotionally so i pray that this is a place that will give you a push and a topic that will give you a push so today's topic is hiv thoughts and I did not come up with that topic of my on my own. It's actually one of the guests. She has a book. And we're going to go ahead and, and get started with that. But um, like I said, it was just on my heart. And just to give you guys a background story before I bring my guest in, is that I wanted to do this because I saw a question in a group. And the woman, you know, was just stating how you know, she was fine and everything was under control, but her emotions was everywhere. And that had me feel bad because I didn't know what to say. As someone being a counselor that knows how to speak life into people, I didn't know where this community is, where the support was. So I had to ask God, I'm like, God, this needs to be out. This needs to be something that needs to be addressed because, you know, um, Look, I'm yammering. Let me bring my guest on. <laughs> uh, so um, I'm going to bring in uh, Jason Clanton and <laughs> Shatrivia Kennedy. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Hello. 
Okay, so like I said, you know, um, I wanted to do this because it was just something that I didn't know. And I know this is questions for everyone else to know. Look, we got the COVID out there. We got code out there. It's taking over the discussion. You know, we're talking about the pandemic, but this disease has been around. You know, it's been appearing. It's appeared in the United States, 1981. Been here for 40 years. And it's still a silent thing, you know, that we don't talk about. You know, it's a stigma. It's a taboo, you know, and as me being, um, you know, in church and being a minister in church, it's like, I don't hear it enough. We roll it up in a ball with all the other things that's going on but we really don't attack it because i feel that it just touches things emotionally in a manner that we're not tapping on but first before we really get into the topic i want you guys to introduce yourself so first off i want jason to introduce yourself hello uh, <clears throat> my name is jason clanton and I've been uh, I've been working in the public health field for uh, about 11 years now. I started off as a HIV tester and counselor and we go to the bars and strip clubs and wherever people need a test in it, like where I can like get the, the highest numbers, I guess, um, for our scopes, which were um, men who have sex with men and African-American females. Um, currently I work in Chicago as a, I coordinate a linkage to care program. So when someone is first diagnosed with HIV, we help them get into uh, medical care as well as like all of their medications paid for and whatever they might need. And, uh, and then lastly, I facilitate, um, uh, HIV support group for the past five years. It's called thinking positively and I'm excited to be here. Amen. And look, we and we have so we have this, you know, this information, this education side, and then we have our our other guests. We have Shatrivia, which I'm just so excited to have this woman of God on here. Her testimony is amazing, and I know it's going to help and heal a lot of people. So go ahead, Shatrivia. What? Introduce yourself. What are you here for? What do you do? Let us know more about you. Hey, everybody. My name is Shatrivia Kennedy. Um, I was born and raised on the west side of Chicago. Um, I have four children. I have a grandbaby. He's running me wild. He's three years old. He'll be three in February. Um, I've been HIV positive for the last 17 years. Um, a lot of times people say um, I've been living with HIV. I always say I've been surviving. I'm a survivor of, of HIV. Um, I'm a, a abuse and HIV advocate. I'm an author, a publisher, and I have been a CNA for the last 17 years. All right. So we're going to now we got the logistics and stuff out the way. Now we can get into this conversation. So, uh, Shatrivia, what I like about, you know, is like your hashtag had blessed me. You know, it's the I have HIV and HIV doesn't have me. Like, I was just like, come on, because it's like, I think when people feel like because it had been such a death sentence, you know, for such a long time and people just feel like it was just... I And just to be honest, you know, even... Because we've all had our, you know, things that we do. And, you know, so me being tested, you know, I've been tested before. It's scary. It's scary because you don't know and thoughts are coming to your mind. And, and what thoughts came into my mind was not necessarily that 
I was going to die or, oh my God, what if I had no, it was the, um, cutting away from people. What will people think? You know, how will I have healthy relationships? Like all of this is going in my mind and I haven't even had the test yet. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's really, I think the, 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 jet the um the whole thing in it is that it's got it bothers people more emotionally than it does about you know it doing something physically so i just want you to go ahead and, and like i said i'm trying to you know flow with the conversation but i just want you to go ahead and um tell us you know you you said you were hiv positive for your you are hiv positive for 17 years so just want you to go ahead and tell us you know your journey and <laughs> <laughs> okay this story can never get played out i'm saying every time i tell this story i bless myself because i learn something new every time um so weird right it's, it's my story and you, you you think you can't eat off your own stuff right that's not the truth you definitely can be blessed by yourself if you pay attention to your words but 17 years ago when i was nine months pregnant um the person that i was with um was was diagnosed so i had to go and get tested because i was pregnant so i went i told my at the time i had a midwife i didn't have a doctor um i had a little midwife or whatever so i called her and let her know i went in i got tested and they told me to come back in a week so within that week i really wasn't i really wasn't feeling no type of way i really kind of like i wasn't worried i don't remember being worried at all like i just went to say test right so when i go to my appointment the doctor, the actual doctor was in the room, the big wife, the social worker, a counselor. It was like five people in the room. So I'm like, yep, I got it. <laughs> I already knew. I'm like, yep, I got it. I got it. So I sat there. And... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh my God. <laughs> it's okay. Can y'all hear me? Devo. Yes. We we ain't got time for this. Come on. Ah, mm -mm. Cover. Uh-oh, we lost her. So she coming back. <laughs> she coming back, but Jason, until she comes back, um, you know, this sounds like something that, you know, you're familiar with, you know. Yeah. Like so she was talking about her just first being diagnosed. So I have I had to do that particular job. That's the worst. That was the worst part of my job is of course telling somebody that they have it and then <clears throat> trying to comfort them within that time. And She's back, so I'll let her tell about. I'm sorry, y'all. Somebody called me. I'm on my phone. I'm not. Oh no, that's okay. But um, I was seeing that um, I got they came. I went in the room, and they the one of the um the nurse. She just the midwife. She grabbed my shoulder and she was like, "You're HIV positive," and I was like, "I can't handle more kids." So they start. Everybody started laughing, and I'm like, "They like that's all you got to say." Like they never heard nobody say that before. But I felt like I wanted kids. I wanted more kids because I came from a small family. So I wanted to know, was that going to stop me from having kids? Mm -hmm. And they was like, no, it won't. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm good then, you know? Mm -hmm. But from that, from that time, 
to maybe about th three years ago, I went numb for a lot of years, a lot, a lot of years. I thought that I was accepting that I had HIV. I thought that I was okay, but I really wasn't. Um, I lived through my relationships. I lived through my kids. I lived through my job. Um, I think I was covering up my pain with money, with dressing nice, driving nice. I was covering up everything, but I was really dying inside every day. Um, I went I went through a lot of um like different trainings to learn about HIV and everything, but for the most part, HIV was never an issue for me. It was my emotions that was an issue for me. It was um I had a, I always tell tell people I don't have I never had an HIV problem. I had a mental problem <laughs> because mm -hmm. the way you you're thinking and um your thinking will get the best of you. I always say I was in a mental prison for a lot of years. I went through depression. I went through anxiety. I tried to kill myself. I went through a whole lot of emotions. But for the most part, all of those years, God was telling me, he was ministering to my soul all that time, telling me that my story was going to change lives all around the world. And I was wondering, like, when? <laughs> like, today, tomorrow, <laughs> next week? I didn't know that he was talking about a future, <laughs> you know? So I went through a lot of days of um, praying, fasting, crying, and being sad a lot, a lot of years. And I continue to have kids. I have three kids. Um, I've had three kids since I've been positive. They all are negative. I kept having kids. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. I've been through a lot. But for the most part, the sadness and the depression mm. was really, really bad. It was really bad. And not only that, this, this is the thing that people don't talk about much, but I'm going to start talking about it soon. A lot of women, it's, it's, it's a lot of women that's positive. It's a lot of us, right? And there's a lot of women that stay with the person that gave it to them. And there's a lot of people that, a lot of women are being abused and they don't know that that's called abuse. Sometimes if a person ain't beating your head in, you don't really know that it's abuse because we don't know what abuse look like sometimes. We just think you're not getting beat up. But yeah. a, lot, a lot of women is being abused. And not only that, when you stay with the person and then they abuse you and you have, you know what, I'm going to say this. They don't want me to do this. <laughs> I know. This whole day. I'm going to say this. They do not want me to do this um, podcast, but I'm going to get it done, y'all. Just bear with me because I'm coming back. I don't care if you knock me out 25 times. I'm definitely coming back. I know that's but right. a lot of times, um, I was saying that women get abused. They stay with these men. We stay with the men. They abuse us and we have their kids. And then what happens mm -hmm. is it causes problems with the kids. Um, and, and this is a this is a thing that's been going on for a very long time. The, the households are divided and there's so many different things going on. And I ain't saying nothing about HIV, right? Because like I said, I don't have an HIV problem. And that's the thing. People, they just tell you you have HIV. You take your medicine and you go through other stuff. You don't really have HIV, a HIV problem. You just have a life problem. And if you can get your life problem together, HIV is just fine. I ain't said nothing about that. But... <laughs> This abuse and this 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 abuse in this these households um is what we need to to fix. It's a lot of stuff going mm -hmm. on in these households. You know, they say the closest get the mostest. So the people in the house get to see a lot. So for me, my kids were seeing me go through a lot. And when I learned that I was being abused, I learned that I was being abused on all levels. Like when I say all mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, I was being abused and on all levels. And I had to make a decision what I was going to do for my life. And remember, I've not said nothing about HIV, right? Because mm -hmm. I didn't have an HIV problem. So my kids, I felt like my kids was going to hate me. And the reason mm -hmm. why I felt that way, 
is because they saw me sad. They saw me depressed. They saw me. I look, look, I wouldn't get out the bed some days. I would, I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to cook. I didn't want to eat. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I didn't have an HIV problem. Remember I had a mm-hmm. me problem. Yeah. Why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. Why did God let me get HIV? And why is this person doing me so dirty? Mm-hmm. That was my issue. But I had to separate it and say, wait a minute, my kids are seeing me like this and they're being back brainwashed. So let me tell my kids. So I went and I told my my girls that I was um positive. And they said, um, you gonna be okay? I'm like, yeah. And I explained everything to them. And my little one was like, she didn't want me to die. And my yeah. son at the time, he was maybe like five. He didn't really know what's going on. I was to be so sad some days. My baby would bring me water and make me a uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They were so sloppy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <They were> so <laughs> sloppy. <laughs> but, but, but I ate them because he because he brought them to me. They didn't understand, you know. So yeah. I didn't make a choice. I didn't make a choice. I either God told me, he said, you either stay in this situation and you be a part of my wrath, or you leave and live the life I want for you. So I'm like, okay. I think I could do it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I decided to walk away from a relationship that I that I was in for a very, very long time. And I took my kids and we moved to Hammond, Indiana. And in, a, in the midst of me being in Hammond, now I've always been undetectable. I've always took, t- took my medicine. I've always went to the doctor once a year, all of that. But when I took that transition to leave, when you leave everything that's familiar to you, you go to a place that you know nothing about. It, it puts you in a different perspective. Yeah. But what I do, what I know now is that's what God do. He take you away from everything and he puts you for, to an unfamiliar place so that he can speak to your soul the way that he needs to. But I didn't understand. I lost my car. I lost my job. I was facing eviction. I didn't have food sometimes. Like it was really, really bad. And I didn't understand like why am I going through all, remember I said, I don't have an HIV problem still. HIV was not an issue. I was the issue because when God want to use you, he shake you up. He will shake you up and shake you up until you stop and say, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do? So I got tired. I got tired of, I wasn't sad no more. I wasn't depressed no more. I was just confused with my life. Like, okay, I got HIV. Ain't nobody really going to ever want to be with me because I have HIV because this person that put this in my head Ain't no, you, 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 you better off with me because anybody gonna love you. Anybody gonna be with you. Da, 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 da. So yeah. was like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I supposed to do? I have these kids. I don't know how to be a, a, a single mother. I don't know what that looked like. I don't know how to do that. I really don't like them. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like these kids. <laughs> I like them. I don't want to be bothered. I want to do me. I want to figure me out. But I could not just do me and figure me out because I had them. And I got tired of running from God and I got tired. And I said, you know what? I'm going live because I already had a platform because I, I did so many different, um, I did so many network marketing businesses. I, I had a platform and I've always been, um, I've always been motivational and inspirational. They say, I'm just me, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I said I was going to go live. So what I did was I prayed the whole month of November. I prayed for, um, I prayed and I fasted on forgiveness because forgiveness was needed because I didn't want to come off angry at nobody. I don't want to be angry at the person that gave it to me. And I had to understand that I did this to myself because I had unprotected sex. People really don't understand that. This is thing is so simple. You get, you get HIV from having, you can get HIV 
from having unprotected sex. It don't make a difference if you're married. It don't make a difference if it's your baby daddy. It don't make a difference who it is. If you having unprotected sex, you are, you you could possibly be in line to be positive, right? So I did all of that. So December the first came. I asked my kids how did they feel about me going live. I asked my my um my friends, the closest people to me. I asked them because. I didn't want my kids, I didn't want nobody to, to treat my kids no type of way because I didn't, I don't know what stigma is. I, no, yeah. no one has never made me feel no type of way. God has always protected me. So I didn't know what that looked like, but I didn't want my kids to experience it. And if they would have said, no, I wouldn't have did it. But right. my kids was 100% for me, whatever I wanted to do. So right. I turned on my camera like I'm on right now. And I went live on Facebook December the 1st for World AIDS Day. And I told the world that I was HIV positive. And since that day, my life has completely changed. I honestly believe with my whole soul, with my whole heart and my existence as a person is that this happened to me on purpose for my purpose. This hmm. is a purpose for my life. This is not a death sentence. This is not for me to be down and sad. This is a, a avenue so that God can be seen, so people can see the the um the goodness of God, the comfort of God, the healing of God. God used me to do those things, right? So mm -hmm. I started to write. I had been writing for years, like for years. When I say years, I had already. I've been said I wanted to write. I wanted to write a book, but I didn't have enough courage. I didn't have enough strength to do that because when you do that, that means you expose yourself and you expose other people. And I didn't want to expose nobody. I, I don't have a problem exposing myself, but I don't want to expose nobody else. But like I said, I was praying and I'm praying and praying. And sometimes things have to be exposed. If you don't expose some things, you cannot get healed. You cannot tell half stories and you cannot tell half lies because That's you can't it. get healed that way. So I had to tell the honest to God truth. And my truth may not be yours and you might not like my truth, but my truth is my truth. And the Bible says the truth will set you free. And I wanted to be free. So that I could be the person that God created me to be. So I put a book together, um, a, a small book um, called Hope and Silence. And th those mm -hmm. were the, the scriptures that God spoke to me all mm -hmm. those years when I was suffering. And I'm suffering in silence and I was sad and depressed and didn't know what to do. And I put that book out there and it's just stuff just been happening weird. Like, right. People always ask me to speak. I'll be like, why? <laughs> I just be talking regular. I don't I don't make up. I don't plan what I'm going to say when I speak. I don't do, I don't write it down. I just let God, I just let God speak through me because I feel like you shouldn't plan that. That's just not something that you plan to what to say. That's you. That ain't God, right? That's so it. Ask me to speak on platforms. I've written 12 books. Um, my latest book I just written with my kids is a poetry book. It's called HIV Thoughts. Mm -hmm. I, I thought of this book because I have a lot of books, y'all. I, I can go down the line, but I, I won't talk about this HIV thoughts, right? <laughs> <laughs> thoughts, thoughts become things, right? <sighs> when they tell That's you good. you got, when they tell you you got HIV, that becomes a new thought for you. Mm. And those that thought that you have now become things. It become depression. It becomes suicidal thoughts. It becomes fear. It becomes doubt. It becomes so many different things just from a thought. A thought. If you could think about what you're thinking about. You can change your life. I'm repeating. If you That's think it. about what you're thinking about, it can change your life. If you think sad, you say it. If you think depressed, you depressed. If you think win, you win. That's just really, if you think about it, that's really how it is, right? That's so it. I want to write, I want to put this poetry book together because my friend and man told me to write a poem. And I like, oh, I did that. Like I can write poetry. Okay. So I wrote the book. I've been writing it all year. And me and my kids, we was on vacation. 
And I, I asked them, I said, if y'all want to be a part of this book? They was like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I want y'all to tell me what HIV mean to y'all. And they like, what? What do, because when I did my lab December 1st, I started out, what do real AIDS they mean to you? What do real AIDS they mean to you? Because I was nervous. I was kind yeah. of boost myself up, right? <laughs> so <laughs> to boost my kids up, I said, what do HIV mean to you? And they like, huh? I'm like, when you think of me and HIV, what do it mean to you? Yeah. And they wrote, they wrote it. And it this this means the world to me. Like out of everything that I've done through God, because I ain't really done nothing with my strength, God has allowed me to do all these things. Out of all the things that I've done, this is my biggest accomplishment. This book, HIV Thoughts with My Kids, because a lot of people have not even told their kids yet that they're positive. A lot of people have not told their mother, their friend, their husband. A lot of people have not even told themselves that they're HIV positive. So mm. for me to talk to my kids and my kids to collab with me on a book, that made me feel that is when you say support, it's, it's not even a word. They didn't even made the word yet. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I feel about my kids support me in that type of way. And not only that, mm. the Bible says a man, uh, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. This is legacy building. People oh, think man. HIV, but when you get through talking to me, you're going to forget that you're going to forget that we're talking about HIV because I ain't even talking about it no more. Because like said, I don't have it no more. They just That's had to it. tell me that. God used those three three letters for a whole different thing. We're not even, we're not going to have an HIV conversation, but we may have to, but we really not. So That's for it. me, this is legacy building with my kids. When they really understand what we did with that book, they may be married they may have kids the book may change somebody's life long time ago when i'm dead and gone my words will be here my words not my words the words that god has given me to minister to people's souls through all of those books that's legacy that's, that's gonna it. be here forever that's gonna be here forever and it's not nothing bad it's, it's something positive and like i had told them at the event the other day I don't believe that HIV is going anywhere no time soon. They can say they're going to come up with a cure, the president, whoever. They all can say they're going to come up with something. But why would they give us a cure for it? And then they're going to go broke. They're making billions of dollars for this. Why would they give us a cure for it? But if we start, if we go back to God is the cure. If we go back to what the Bible says, the Bible says uh, the elders supposed to the elders supposed to teach the younger the younger generation right so That's if we it. can teach these kids how to love themselves and we can teach these kids about prevention mm -hmm. if we can teach these kids about the word of god that's what that's the cure the cure is the bible the cure is not injection <laughs> <It's> not <laughs> so, <laughs> so for me for me my mission and my goal moving forward is to i, I want to start a nonprofit, and i want to I want to help, like I said, the women and women that's been abused. I want to help the youth. I want definitely the youth, the youth, y'all. I really believe that that's the answer, the youth, because a lot of wrong people are set in their ways and they're really not listening. So if we can, if we can reach the youth, I think that things will change. But for the most part, like I said, I have HIV, but HIV don't have me. HIV is not stopping anything in my life. I until the day I die, I'm going to do this. I'm going to minister to people and help them get to God to help them feel better. Into the day the cast close. Yes. Hey, I, I mean, it was so. <laughs> you see, I'm just sitting here jotting down stuff. It's just so much that I want to get into, you know, with this conversation. But, you know, first I want to get, you know, Jason and his line of work, 
And what he does, like Jason, I know you hear these stories, you know, you hear these situations. Like, so what support do you offer? You know, like she said, she came in the room, she said she knew she had it because it was counselors and there was people already there. <laughs> so take us into, you know what I mean? Dealing with, because that's very sensitive. You get all these different reactions. You get all these different things going on. So like, tell us, what do what do you say? What do you do in, in these situations? Yeah, I mean, they, they train you on trauma-informed care and, you know, um, finding out what people's triggers are and things like that. But it was interesting what uh, Satrivia had said, how, how she had reacted. In my whole 11 years of telling people their results or whatever, I've only had maybe like one patient like act like so nonchalant about it you know like yeah. i was even shocked like okay they was just like okay give me the medication i don't care like next and i'm like oh okay well that was easy because that's the hardest part of the job you know like when like how she said when you walk in and it's a social worker like i'm the social worker when they walk in so i'm so my nerves is always on 10 but i've learned over the years like how to control myself how to calm down but um <laughs> it is is different for every patient and that's the that's the crazy part like one patient they might be hollering to the roof you know and yeah. the next patient they they might want to we might have to call the people because they want to kill their partner or something you know like everybody is different um and that's kind of it's kind of, i wouldn't say yeah i could say fascinating about people's um people's journeys and like how you've ever heard like pull yourself up by your bootstraps like i see it daily like and these um the problem so i had wrote some things down so <laughs> about some challenges that that can make people's situations worse so if you're dealing with a 17 year old i'm telling i'm telling him he just got his positive results and he's homeless and he's hungry and he ain't got no transportation and he re he rides the red line every night just to sleep like that's not that's not a that's not something that you could just like tell them their results and get them the medication and walk away from you actually have to like indulge into their lives and like see like okay here's the resources for this here's the resources for food like what else is is being a, a social worker case manager like in that time but for my job you have to um hold on to that person for six months to make mm -hmm. sure that they're okay so i for me i call it when i when i first give them the results and we talk after a while and they see like, okay, this dude got a personality. Like he ain't just telling me my results. Like I actually do care. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and I, I want these people to be okay. Like, um, and I call it hand holding, but we don't hold hands anymore because COVID. But um, I also, I used to call myself the HIV angel, like with the kids. I'd be like, okay, so, because they would always tear up and be like, what makes me emotional is they don't know what what the next step is so yeah. then it's like okay well this is what we about to do like i need to know what's going on in your life so we can we got to come up with a game plan and the my number one job is to make sure that you're undetectable as quickly as possible so um in 2017 the cdc came out with a u equals you so undetectable does equal untransmittable so it is once somebody starts taking their their HIV medication, it lowers their viral load. It just keeps lowering it down, keeps lowering it down until it's they can't find it on the test anymore. And it is impossible to pass it through someone to someone else through sex. Um, another thing that 
I am like really, really shocked that a, a lot of people don't know more about is the um, the preventions that are out there, like PrEP. Um, PrEP is the pre-exposure prophylaxis. I call it the I call it the HIV birth control. So okay. you just pop a pill a day, keep a HIV away. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for seven days, a man can take it for seven days, and then they become they become protected against HIV. And for a, a female, it takes uh, fourteen days. And the only difference is because of the how you're having sex. So if, if a man is having anal sex, that's that that skin is very thin, so it's really easy to rip or tear. And that's how you get HIV is through a rip, tear, cut in your skin. And that's the entryway. So for a female with vaginal sex, it's um it's not as thin as the anal the anal wall, so it's a little bit tougher. So that's why it takes um an extra seven days for the pre exposure prophylaxis to work. Um, and then there's something called PEP. It's the post-exposure prophylaxis. This is major. This is the yeah. morning, the morning after pill for HIV. Wow. People don't even know. Like if they had a wild night out and they unsure about dude or you know whatever was going on, or made you know got too tipsy and you know whatever the situation is, it's you got 72 hours to start taking this medication for it to. What it does is pretty much just like coats your white blood cells, so HIV can't even get in. Um, but that's the seven, you got seventy-two hours to start taking this medication. It it is a one-month regimen, um, so that's something else that's out there. Include and then of course we're all aware of condoms, and they're even coming out with a special lubrication that will kill um, STIs and HIV. Um, yeah, so they're trying to come out with that in the next month, and I think that's pretty awesome. They have a lot of different um, like innovations right now. There's a new drug called Capanuva, which is a, a monthly injection. Uh, so you only have to take get an injection once uh, once a month for you know for the year, and you are undetectable for that's for an HIV positive person. Um, but I just wanted to give some really quick statistics. Um, mm -hmm. This is what I used to do on my old job when I used to be, when they used to put me out in the trenches and like I used to have to find the people. But um, as of 2019, there's almost 1.2 million people that that have HIV in the United States, and 87 percent of them knew their status. So that means there's 13% of that 1.2 million people that, that do not know their status. So they have no way of becoming undetectable. So if you're not undetectable, what are you? Transmittable, right? So that means you can transmit the virus very easily because you have a viral load. Um, and then HIV disproportionately affects African-Americans in the Latinx community. Um, African-Americans, they accounted in 2019 for 42% of, I say we, African-Americans <laughs> accounted oh. for, yeah, <laughs> account for 42% of the new HIV infections. Um, and then the Latinx community, theirs were 29% of new infections. And what's crazy about those numbers is that 13%, we are only 13% of the population. But yet we account for the most infect the most new infections. And then um Latin Latin X, they are twenty-nine percent and they are they have eighteen percent um population in the United States. So there are four there are four populations that are the most affected by HIV. And I want you to see this correlation. 
Okay, so the very first one is, and they, the CDC calls them MSM, men that sleep with men. They don't call them gay or bisexual or anything like that because some people don't identify as that. So hmm. the number one, the number one, the highest infection rate is with black MSM. The second is with Latin X MSM. The third is with white MSM. So notice it, it was all it was all the, the gay category, but it went from black, Latin to white. And then the fourth is the black straight female. Not even in the, the gay category. They went straight from black black gay men to Latin gay men to white gay men to a straight black female. And hmm. I, sometimes I think about they don't have like specific correlations to it, but we can guess, <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of things that um, I'm going to just say it like so, for instance, in the church. Now, a gay black man in the church on the down low, when you think of when you think of the word down low, what image pops in your head? Just you, you had it. <laughs> is there a particular race or a particular kind of person that pops in your head? Um, you know what? To be honest, <laughs> you know, I think of, you know, just a lot of like jail, you know, inmates. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I think of, you know. Yeah. Um, and that I can go on and on about that whole situation, but <laughs> with with the gay black male, they have um different disparities that are different from the other races because of the black church, because of the neighborhood, because of the stigma with with even being perceived as being like gay or bisexual or sleeping with the with the same gender. It's so taboo that that will never come to light. Everything will be done in the dark. And when you when you are doing things in the dark, um, are you stopping at Walgreens to pick up condoms or like how does that go? You just getting it in, getting it in, right? You like just get so that that goes on with um I'm going to be doing a presentation on the word cathexis. Have you ever heard of cathexis? Uh -uh. So cathexis is the concentration or the all of your mental energy on one particular idea, thing, or person, particularly to an unhealthy degree. So think about that. So when you're thinking about a man that's just looking, I know this is church. Let me, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. No, we give good okay. what we don't talk about. So. Yeah, okay. No, I'm no my verbiage. I'm just trying to get my verbiage. Uh -oh. <laughs> so when so when you're thinking about um someone with hormones who is just looking to ejaculate, um that's that's their cathexis. That the, all of their mental energy is just focused on that. They're not looking at the what could happen at later. They're not looking at all of the, the prevention. They're not looking at the statistics, like none of this stuff. They just look into bus. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, that's very important. So if, if you all, if the listeners wanted to write that word down and Google it yourself, it's cathexis, C-A-T-H-E-X-I-S. And I'll be doing, um, I'm going to put together a presentation on that because I firmly believe, just like Shatrivia was saying, that this will not go away. Um, and, you know, 
when it when HIV first came out and they weren't helping it be helping the cause because um, it was a gay white man's disease. Mm-hmm. But what it what did the gay white men do? They linked up with all the other white people and passed laws and got everything, you know, figured out for themselves. Mm-hmm. But what that did was cause disparities with other races because it was mm-hmm. only the medications were only given to certain populations, which mm-hmm. are the gay white man. Mm-hmm. And then later on, it just started becoming more and more e- easier to get, but still with barriers because of housing, food, transportation, no insurance, lack of access, like all of these things that um, the African-American community has to face, which I believe, which is racism in healthcare, <laughs> racism in healthcare, <laughs> you know, like um, I remember back in the day when I was working at one agency, the director had asked me, she was like, why do they keep putting all these black men on on this just a, a tripla drug. This uh, it was called a tripla, and I'm like, I don't know, like, cause it's it's out there and, and it's free, like, you know, whatever, whatever. So then when I moved my uh, career to Chicago and I'm working with you know more advanced, um, m- you know, people in the medical field, they like, I'm like, I'm not seeing a tripla in nobody's charts and all this, and I the doctor was like. I asked the doctor and I was like, yeah, I, was, I don't see anybody on, on that Atripla stuff no more. And they was like, oh no, they, they was like, that's no longer recommended. That's been years. Like you're not supposed to use that because it's so damaging to the body. And I had a flashback and I'm like, wow, they got all the Negroes on, on this drug that is like damaging the organs, the liver, the kidneys. Hmm. Then you see all these people on dialysis is yeah, it's, it's, it's deeper than I thought it would be working in the field. Like working in the field. I didn't know it was so I thought that okay, you work for public health and then you helping the people. I didn't know it was so divided and everything was about money and and power and people want to be famous and like I'm just um happy to be here and happy to help. But <laughs> I, you know <laughs> but have have like I always say like God is ordering my steps because I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like I'm just, I just want to help people. Like all my life I've been in like in roles of helping people in sixth grade. I was the, the boy in a newspaper for uh, starting a fundraiser for the Oklahoma city bombing. I was the, in key club feeding the homeless. I was in the passion play, you know, like everything <laughs> had to be to help people. Like I, I never done things like specifically for the money. It just happened to come with it. You know, mm-hmm. like later well later on it did. Um but yeah, that that's my spiel on um my work. And if people wanted to see where they can get tested at in their own communities, they can go to cdc.gov or hiv.gov. Um and to find out more about HIV and prevention, the body.com is a very good resource. Um and I'll let you I feel like I just talked for like ever. <laughs> no, because that's good because see, a lot of stuff, that's what I'm talking about. This for me too. Because a lot of stuff that you explained and medication and Shatrivia, I even heard in your lives about, you know, like you said, certain things like you can, like I think he kind of named the medication where you can take it and you're, you'll be undetectable. So it's like the, you know, like I was saying in the beginning, the health aspect is not the problem. As we're seeing, there's so many layers to this thing. You know, there's there's political, there's race, 
layers. There's, I mean, deep emotional layers. So it's like, you know, the, yep, see, someone said great information. Yes, because I'm learning some stuff. I'm writing down stuff because you know what? If I'm called to the people, and like you said, Jason, I want to help people. So I want to get as much as I can, you know, and it's like sometimes, you know, and, you know, I believe, I mean, it was just so, and I love this because Jason, you speak on numbers. These are real facts. These are real numbers. This ain't nothing that's just people just throwing out there and hearsay. No, these are numbers. You tested these people. These are statistics that have been built up. And Shatrivia, I just love your perspective. Like, and, and it takes a mature and processed spirit, <laughs> you know, to see it that way as far as saying, God, this is a catalyst. This is a tool that is primarily thwarting me out into purpose with no, ooh, don't nobody think of it like that. You know what I mean? So that, that mindset is going to help somebody else turn it another way and say okay well i have it it don't have me now god what you trying to do with this you know what you want me to do with this because some people want to just sit and crawl in the corner and die and god will let you live it for the rest you live to 90 years old yeah as long as you do what you're supposed to do <laughs> you know he's not going you're not going you know like you said not feel sorry for yourself not getting to depths of depression because then, then in that aspect, the HIV ain't killing you. Your mind is what's killing you. You know, your thoughts are what's killing you and your children, you know, just being that support system for you and them. And I believe even when you were mentioning the book, it became a therapy, you know, and, and like you said, a lot of parents do not involve their children and things that are going on with them because these are adult problems, y'all. Y'all ain't got to deal with it, but fail to realize they got they got to grow up too. <laughs> yeah. You know, they got to grow up and, and these kids been be exposed to more things. They they got access to social media, they got access to all kinds of things now, and they know. And so let me see, I'm gonna get into these comments. Uh someone said it's very informative. I'm learning more. I'm going to look that word up as soon as this is over. Oh, all right. Come on, education. Uh, <laughs> uh yes, you are not defined by your situation and by your God-given purpose. Because you know, in the Bible says, you know, we overcome by the, the blood of the Lamb. So Jesus is it. And the words of our testimony. We can't determine what testimony we're gonna have at all we can't determine what god is going to use or you know because what the what the enemy meant for evil god uses it for good you know so we we don't take that god okay i have this what you want me to do with it make people aware you because somebody don't nobody want and i always say this don't nobody want to be the sacrificial lamb (laughs) don't nobody want to be the sacrificial lamb where you're to be used just you know and 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 to to ask god carefully god i want to be used you can't tell him (laughs) (laughs) you must have asked that before (laughs) shatrivia like god i want to be you like jason i want to help people you can't tell the teacher what test to give you 
or what he's going to use because the devil already got stuff conjured up and it's like it glorifies god to know that okay devil i see you but guess what i'm gonna use i'm gonna use it for my for my good you know i'm gonna use it for the good of other people i'm gonna bring somebody else out of the pit and i just wanted to just say that because it's like we sweep so much stuff out of the rug especially with you know people in church and people in christ and we don't say a lot of things and the saints is doing it you know i said the saints are doing yes. it jason i wish there was a statistic that had about people in church you know that come and come positive and stuff because primarily what it looks like is that we don't care unless you you know if you come pregnant then it's a problem but there's people that come in church that are going through emotionally and we not touching it you know there's no avenues for them to go there's no support system you know it's not about okay well you shouldn't have did this it's done what are we going to do now you know so as your trivia i even um listen like i said i've been listening to your videos and everything uh tell us about you know, even that, and I, 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 I want you to explain even your experiences of kind of lashing out a little bit. You know, once you got it, and 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 you're just like, hey, <laughs> like I'm about to, because listen, I went through a divorce, and I'm gonna just say, I'm like God, I'm about to do what I want to do. I don't even care. You know, so I've I've heard and listened to your videos that you have one of those, you know, moments. So just explain, like, because I mean, people need to know that it's normal to have these thoughts and to have these, you know, actions that you do and what happened, because it blessed me, you know, what you said. So I just, I just want you to expound on that. Well, you know, I really don't remember what I said that day, but today, <laughs> <laughs> but today, what came to me when you said that was, um, Okay, so I, I I have not always been who I am today, <laughs> right? So I think it was two years into my um, me being diagnosed. Um, I slept with somebody, and I didn't tell them that I was HIV positive. Um, the first time I did it, I did it because I wanted to feel normal. I felt, and this was somebody that I had uh, slept with years ago when I was younger. So it was a familiar person. That's why I, I always mm -hmm. say, HIV is a friendly disease. You have to be friendly with somebody and lay down with them. Of course, you ain't laying down with somebody you don't like. It's a friendly disease. So I slept with him and I didn't tell him. And I went and told my doctor. And she was like, Trivia, that's not right. You got to tell him. And I'm like, okay. So then I, I couldn't figure out how to say it. Or like, I just couldn't figure out how to tell him that I that, that I did that. So I did it again. I did it again. I, met, I slept with him again. And then the second time I told her again, and she was like, listen, the first time is a mistake. Second time you did it because you wanted to. Mm -hmm. This you you can't you can go to jail for that. Like you you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. Yeah. And I was had a lot of mixed emotions and stuff. And what I did was I had told him that um the person that I was with, somebody told me that he had it. And then I went to get tested. I went through this whole lie for a whole week, <laughs> all week, trying to figure out trying to tell him a lie. And when the, when the lie was over with, I'm like, okay, yeah, I got it. And he was like, but okay, I, I still mess with you. I'm like, what? I feel stupid. I'm like, all I have to do is just tell him. We're about to go through this lie. It's stupid. So, <laughs> so I went up telling him, I'm like, I lie all the time. Like, I've been headed. So 
So then when I told him that, I'm just already knowing like I'm finna die, like you gonna kill me. But he didn't, like he just he just listened to me. And wow. then he was like, he was like, he told me that he loved me and he was like, he knew me before that and he knew that I wouldn't do that on purpose. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't even deserve your friendship. I don't mm. even deserve it. And I blocked him. And then I wound up doing it again to another person that I was really close with. This I did the same exact thing. And when I told him the truth after the lab about a week, it took a week to tell a lie. I went to the doctor and waited on the results, all that goofy stuff. So when he, started, <laughs> when he still wanted to be my friend, it was goofy, it was stupid, right? <laughs> when I told him he still wanted to be my friend, I'm like, this is, this is the second time. Like this is, I did all this for nothing. So yeah. I made a vow to myself that I would never sleep with somebody and not tell them. Back then I was in, in I was, I wasn't um, open like I am right now. I, I wasn't yeah. like publicly. But after that, I made a vow to myself that I never do that to nobody else. That's why I do what I do because I I've been there before. I've I've I could have possibly infected somebody and, and know I was doing it. I could be in jail right now. I could be one of those people on the news like, oh my gosh, the trivia went and did that. But I thank God that that was not me. That the people that I did do that to. They still accepted me. Even right now today, I'm still friends with them, like close friends with them. They call me all the time, check on me. We really close. But not only that, I got to the to the point at one point, I just was tired. I was tired of, of waiting on God. And I started smoking. I started drinking. I just started like just forget life, just forget everybody. I really don't care about anything. And that didn't work for me either. Like nothing really worked. I tried all of the bad stuff to do. I even Listen. tried to kill myself at one point because I felt like I didn't deserve to live because I wasn't strong enough to, to fight for my kids or to fight for myself. And I tried to kill myself. That didn't even work. Nothing has worked for me other than doing it this way. I think. So I hope Amen. that makes sense. No, it makes all the sense because, you know, it's like I wanted you to say that because and even though it's freely, we can watch it on your, you know, your YouTube videos is that sometimes the, the worst thing is for people to think that they're alone in thoughts. And like you said, the thoughts are so powerful, just alone in their thinking, alone in their situations, alone in their mistakes to know that we all make, you know, make mistakes. We all look back and be like, you know what? That was so goofy. That was so stupid. <laughs> Why did I Ooh, do I that? I want to tell y'all this. I want to tell you this before we continue. Go a few ahead. days ago, one of the guys that I, I did that to, he called me to check, check on me about my event because I had my event three days ago. So I told him about the event and all this, told him everything. This I'm going to tell you how God will humble you, right? Mm. I'm telling him about the event. I'm just going. Blah, 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 blah. I'm telling him everything. He was like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. That was That's amazing. So he's like, what's next? So I get to tell him about the nonprofit. I'm like, yeah, I want to help women that been abused by men and da 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 And then he was like, men been abused by women too. And I'm like, no, but the, the I'm telling you, it's more women. And I'm just going. He said, no. He said, it's wow. some women out here. He said, you know, I love you. You know, I love you. He said, but we got to be honest. We got to be honest here, right? I'm like, yeah. He said, you slept with me twice and you did not tell me. And that was abuse. And I said, mm. you know what? You absolutely right. I'm helping women and men, <laughs> but that that put me in my that put me in my place because I was so adamant about women, about women and children. But it's men out here that been abused too by women and knew that she was infected and she slept with him. And I did that, and that humbled my spirit when he told me that. Like, 
I felt like, don't get beside yourself. You know what I mean? Like, you ain't always been who you is today. So you got to watch yourself. I'm, and I, I'm so glad that he did that. I'm glad that he yeah. did that. The reason why I, I wanted to say that is because I'm not perfect, right? You can, you can say I'm amazing and, and, and say all these nice things about me. But yeah. I have been through hell and God allowed me to keep my mind. But in a time of hell, I was out here doing a lot of the same stuff that people was doing right now. That's why I made a vow to myself and my God that I would do the things I'm doing right now today because I want always who I am. That's it. And I mean, and he will, and you right, he'll humble you real quick. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> real quick. <laughs> real quick. <laughs> like, you ain't, girl, girl, you ain't made it. Uh-uh, sit down. For real. Sit down somewhere. <laughs> All the time. And I, and you know, like you said with that, I mean, any other situation, and I'm, Jason, I'm pretty sure you got stories where, like she said, you know, went and, you know, just like, hey, I'm about to think about myself for a minute like let me be free i want to feel normal that it don't you know then that even shows the grace of god you know yes. just even covering your purpose yes. because you know anybody else you know jason i'm pretty sure you probably didn't heard i didn't heard all the stories you said <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i've actually how should trivia said um like yeah i had to feel normal and I, I was drinking and smoking like when i have patients that you know, I'm supposed to guide you to your, your first three medical appointments and, you know, all this. When they fall off the map, I don't, I used to be like all frantic and chasing them. Like, like, oh, Lord, they got to take these pills. They got to take these pills. They're going to be out there in them streets. But now it's like, you got to let people go through, process their own situations. You can't just, you know, have the old saying, you can lead a lead a horse to the water, and but you can't make them drink and all that. But it's in a lot of this is in God's timing. All of this is in God's timing, actually. So I, I, I that I'm glad she brought that up because I had to humble myself as a healthcare worker. You know, like I'm not God. I'm not. I'm not just like okay, like I said, you know, HIV angel, like haha. But really, I'm not. I'm not there to like take control. I'm I'm just there to like to guide you and to give you resources and to be a listening, a listening ear to you. Cause a lot of people don't even have anybody to talk to like about what they're going through, you know, mm -hmm. like, so I, and now, you know, I work at work from home now. So I have this on and I just sit here and sometimes I'm, I just listen, like just what Friday I was last Friday, I was listening to a newly diagnosed person and I stayed on the phone right here for two hours and just, just let him cry and go through all everything he had to do. I was not hanging the phone up, even though I had, I had group coming up and I had to do some things and stuff like that. But when I say, I know I, me personally, like I know is, is God's God's working when I start feeling chills, like, and mm -hmm. that, that don't happen all the time. But when it does happen, when I'm like linking with a patient and we vibing and like it, Sometimes I don't even know what to say, but I sometimes I say the right thing and people come back like, yeah, remember you talked to me three years ago and you said X, <laughs> Y, Z. And I'm like, I did. And it was like, yeah, right. <laughs> it was like, like you were right on time. And, you know, da, 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 da. and I'm like, you just you never know. Just be kind. Like, just That's be kind. It. That's it. That is it. So I'm just like, you know, and I mean, this this hour went by so fast. And I really, <laughs> I really could talk to y'all just like about a lot of things. So like I said, it's just so much issue. But just to even just scratch this, this surface on this level, because like I said, what triggered me was 
seeing that post and i'm like well god how come i don't know you know certain things and what and, and what to to direct people because you know the thing is you know we're not put on this earth to 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 be alone and that doesn't mean just relationships you know a lot of people equivalent that to marriage but that's just relationship with people so it's like every issue has to have its own community you know and, and to support and to help people and to tell people hey you know even though you're going through it you're going through it like i always say like i said nobody wants to be the sacrificial lamb you're going through it for somebody else you know um like with the divorce you know i've been through a divorce and just like certain things like i say the devil attacked the juggler like dealt with me mentally going through stuff and it's like well god why i got to go through this and i ain't did nothing and this this and that but he he gives you something you know so <laughs> i cringe when people say i've never been through anything i'm like you know how the uh the older people say keep on living mm-hmm. <laughs> keep on living some going some gonna tap you some gonna tap you that's gonna turn your world upside down and you know, it's like it's almost like it makes you cry, uncle. You know how they say cry, uncle. Like you have to squeak. <laughs> you have to tell people because you can't hold it in. You know what I mean? You have to tell people what you go through, and then you have to tell people how God helped you. Scriptures, as like you said, your trivia that helped me too. Like Psalms, that's my book, <laughs> and you know that's basically a book of poetry, but it spoke to my spirit. And so much where I wrote a book, started a ministry just off of that, you know, to help me with my mind, you know, to get my mind in order. And it is like, it now is, it, it blesses people. So, you know, I love it. God works in mysterious ways. So we're going to go ahead and um, just wrap up. I just thank God for you guys. It's your trivia. You know, we chatted a little bit before, but I sincerely thought you were busy. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get her. She's <laughs> busy. I'm like, maybe I'm prophesying, you know, and I'm like, but I, I do believe that for you, you know, listen, eyes haven't seen. I, I promise you, I thought you were just busy. I'm like, this girl is busy. So when you told me like, well, this is what I want to do. Like I told God, hey, I want to work my job because, you know, you work as a CNA, correct? Yeah. You know, and you're teaching, and you know, you're teaching people, and and you, I saw you did a book about entrepreneurship, you know, and everything. So you know, just keep on going. Like doors is gonna open up so much for you because with the pandemic has stirred and shook people to their core that now they got to deal with stuff. And oh, this is why I want to tap on just one. If I could have a few minutes <laughs> of y'all. So now we dealt, you know, we were talking about how isolated you feel with HIV alone. And I want you guys to give, you know, from your perspective, you know, Jason, from your perspective of helping and Shatribia, from your perspective of, we were already, we were locked in. So with that, having HIV, you know, just having a, 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 I I would call it just an isolating disease, (laughs) self-isolating disease what effect did that happen mentally you know for you with the pandemic like you shut in so now you really got to sit and think you know so what was your experience you know with that and you know what happened with the world shutting down and everything and 
dealing with everything. You know what? At first, in the beginning, I was like, I really didn't know what was going on. So I really didn't do the panic like a lot of people did. I was just really like kind of chilling, trying to figure out what's what. And then once the kids had to be in the house, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> all day. And then it just like weird. Like the world just wasn't normal anymore. I really didn't have an HIV issue because I really don't live that stuff. I really yeah. don't got it no more for real. So I really didn't even kind of like focus on the HIV part of my life. I really focused because I stopped working. I focused on the things that God, I knew God wanted me to do yep. that I I, um, I couldn't do because I had to go to work or I was asleep or I had to work two jobs. So I started, um, I started my publishing company. I started my monthly support groups. I started, um, I do do like, um, I call it, I'm not a counselor because I haven't went to school, but God certified me. <laughs> so through my Listen. YouTube channel, I set up sessions with people, hour sessions. I started doing that. I just started to work in my purpose um, during that time. And it really helped me to become better with a lot of things that I'm doing right now. I really didn't even focus on, I really didn't see it as like, I didn't think HIV y'all. I just didn't. I just thought about Getting to get into God's business, and it was easy because everybody was in the house, so it was easy to me. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Jason. What <laughs> what were you <laughs> getting from? Well, you um, know, working and yeah, yeah. On my end, as far as working, it it caused when the world shut down, it was confusing, and I don't know if Shatrivia seen this, like in in her career too but in the healthcare field it got flipped upside down like our job my job changed from what i was doing they they said no um the clinics are closed patients are coming in so we got this grant from the government to to do all of the the covid testings and and things with all these tents all over chicago so they all the Spanish-speaking patients, which, I mean, not patients, all the Spanish-speaking workers, they shipped to Little Village. And so that's where I had to go. Um, that's why I got my degree in, was international studies in Spanish. Um, so all of us had to go to Little Village and put on all the mask and the everything. Mind you, the, the virus, the COVID was brand new, and they had us just out there. And all my co-workers were catching it. And dropping like flies i was nervous and i'm pretty sure like i lost a couple friends about being so nervous about it but i don't care um so that that was one aspect and then when we come back you know come back home and you have to help the newly diagnosed patients now everybody's homeless like everybody lost their job everybody ain't nobody got food so it became like a burnout like um I was no longer only taking care of like their medical case management needs. It was like their whole life that um, till this day, I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to stay in the field or not. Like I, every yeah. time I, every time I say like, I'm getting out of this, like, cause this is so much like the needs of the community is so much. And I just feel like it'd be on my shoulders sometimes. And um, so I've been like looking, but every time that I have like start looking for another career or, or whatever i have like i had friday with that patient and i'm like damn oh i can't leave yet you know like i just like that just gave me chills like and i like that i like getting that from a job from working yeah. you know like because then it don't it really don't feel like work it feel like like oh i just met these cool people and i'm helping them you know so i'm still struggling with that right now um 
with the pandemic and then the high turnover and in healthcare and just direction of what to do. Like, I don't really know. It made me like want to start my own business or want to, like, I wanted to start making low carb meals or, you know, the, it's it's a lot. I don't know. I don't know what what I'm gonna do. Like, with my I'm in school right now for public health for my master's in public health. I started that in the beginning of pandemic. I don't know how I'm I'm making it. You know, like with my mind because it's like you, I work from home. I go to school from home. I'm at home and like I just look at a book and just flip it over. Like I don't want to read. Like, I don't read this. You know, it's so amazing that you're saying this because. <laughs> A lot of people that I come in contact with that work in the HIV field is burnt out. Mm. And I'll be like, I'm ready to jump in. You know how you people just jump and roll? Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> but, <laughs> I be, you know, I'm so new to this. Like, I'm I'm new to it. Y'all been doing it for so long. You know, y'all know a different side of HIV that I don't know. I only know the, um, the sad and the depressed part. So mm. when I help people, it's a difference. I ain't never, I have never transitioned over to that part, but everybody have an area that they have to be in. Maybe I can't be over there. Maybe you can't be over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe God got I really would like to do more though, so that I can learn. I want to learn more. You know? We have to talk because um, yeah, <laughs> you can can definitely um use you. <laughs> okay. Come on, connection. Come on. And it's like, you know, like, you know, with all you saying that that's why I want to iterate, you know, reiterate. It's just, you know, I think it kind of launched everyone into their purpose, had them think like if you use that time wisely, like this live and everything started consistently because of the pandemic. God was like, sit, sit in front of him and talk, sit in here and encourage and inspire people that, you know, they, hey, they going through because they sitting in their thoughts. They sitting and they, you know, they they ran away from going to work, from from getting in their car and going and from doing being so busy that now that I've sat them down and told them, hey, there's more that I'm requiring from your life. Like y'all y'all got to be tired of going around this rat wheel, this hamster wheel, you know what I mean? And still want more because I mean, people really, to be honest what launched me into this was that I, I stopped and I'm like, God, there got to be more than life than this. It has to be more life than this. And that is like, I always tell people that is the most dangerous thing to ask, but it's the most <laughs> necessary thing to ask and tell God, is there more to my life than this? And get ready, first of all, for the topsy turvy roller coaster ride <laughs> of, his, of his choosing, because we don't choose the ride, he choose the ride. You know, we, we can't determine what roller coaster he puts us on, but you know, it's all for his glory, and I thank God for it. So I thank God for y'all. And we're gonna close this out with the last remarks. Um, so for each of you, what is the last thing that you want people to know? Um, you know, about prevention, it could be anything. What is the last thoughts that you want people to have? Uh Sh Sh trivia, you go first. Um, <laughs> the last thing I would want you guys to know is that, um, I don't care if you're married. I don't care if you have a baby daddy. I don't care if you have a dip. I don't really care who you have, but whoever you lay down with, I really, 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 really hope that you guys have a really close relationship and y'all both 
have been tested and y'all go get tested um yearly at least if it's not every six months because some people are under the impression that because they are married and they are in a relationship long-term 20-year relationship that they cannot get hiv and the last thing i want to say is do not trust anybody with your life the mm. most the most important thing in your life is your life and when you sleep with somebody you are giving them access to the most precious thing of your life that's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, that's good. <laughs> Jason, your last words. <laughs> um, I would like I would like to say just normalize normalize getting an HIV test. And if you if you can't normalize it for yourself, normalize it for your kids. Because this this next generation is the generation that we're seeing these numbers increase in, and that's because of the whole um whatever the reason is. I don't know, but the whole um just normalize it for your kids because you'll be so surprised how many grown people that, that I used to see that I would ask like, Hey, you want to get a, a HIV test? And they're with their teenage children. And then the way the parents look at you, it, that's how the kids are going to grow up looking, looking at it too. You know, like just normalize this kind of test for your children. So they won't have to go through anything that my patients go through or, or worse, you know, like it's not, it's not that deep. Just to get the test. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. That's good. So I thank you guys. But first, I want to, um, because like I said, uh, Shatribia, I just believe in so much in what you're doing and what God is doing in your life and what he will continue to do with your life. So what I want to do, tell me if I got this correct, but I want to put um, your cash app up here so that people can donate you know, and support, you know, what you're doing. Cause I, I, it's so necessary. Um, and you being a woman of God, you know, you being a Christian speaking out, cause we, we don't have that. You know, there's a lot of closet Christians doing a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> and don't want, you know what I mean? But we need that support. We need that. I mean, that's kingdom, that's kingdom work. And we need that. So Thank you. Anybody watch you? You well. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. So anybody want to donate to her and to her cause and to what she's building? You know, for the kingdom of God, for people that are going through. Because listen, as being a Christian, we we ain't all getting it right now. You know, we ain't all getting it right, and we are gonna fall into these categories and come into these these situations where it's like, God, why why do I got to go through? You know, and you're going to need that support that she's trying to build. So I'm going to go ahead um, and, and donate and uh, do a seed because I just believe so much in what you're doing. I just want to thank everybody in advance. <laughs> yes. And um, for the listeners, the the cash app is dollar sign unique presents dollar sign unique presents yes just in case you can't read huh <laughs> well if they're listening to it that is true oh, on the podcast. Yeah, the podcast oh that's right dollars <laughs> come on here come on help. Uh, yeah, <laughs> unique spell we gotta spell it too u n as in nancy i q u e p as in paul r e s as in sam e n as in nancy t as in Tom, S as in Sam. And also get her book that she just released, a poetry book 
Um, it's on Amazon. I had downloaded it on uh, Kindle Books uh, called HIV Thoughts. Poetry is going to be, I'm telling y'all, don't sleep on poetry. Y'all going to need some poetry to get through. Y'all listen to these songs. Y'all going to need this poetry <laughs> to get through some stuff. All right. <laughs> so I thank you guys for uh, tuning in. And um, this is amazing. So I pray that everyone is uh, blessed. I'm going to do my little outro. So I thank you guys for coming on. I hope you guys were blessed. The audience that has been uh, watching and please share. Please share this information for, you know, anybody and just, I mean, and I barely asked y'all to share anything, but please share this because some people, the numbers wasn't really too, too bad, too high um, this episode, but guarantee people going to be watching the replay, you know, because sometimes people don't even want you to know that they watch this stuff, but this is stuff that we need to know. This is stuff that needs to be addressed. And so I'm just going to go ahead. You know, if you guys don't know, I do go live on YouTube. Um, so just subscribe to my channel, the Psalms of My Emotions Ministries. Click that bell so you can get notifications that I'm on. I also have a podcast um, that's available on most platforms. Just t- type me in the search bar and you can find me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, I'm always going to push, you know, this book, you know, because this came from a painful place. As the trivia had her poetry book, that came from a place, you know, the songs of my emotions. It has my face on the cover. It came from a place and it's blessing people because of what I had to suffer through and go through. I said, I will push this for the rest of my life. And I'm also working on a poetry book as well. So I thank you guys for tuning in. Please, please tune again um, and again as we are continuing the pain series. All right. So thank you guys. And I'll catch you on another day, another time. All right. Bye-bye.